I want to start off with a question. What does God desire and what does Satan desire? Uh, I know that's kind of a weird question to ask, but when it comes to a lot of the difficulties that we go through, um, kind of a sobering question is this question. You know, what does God want from this incident or from this situation? And what does Satan want from this incident or situation? And the difference is this, testing versus temptation. And with testing, testing comes from God, temptation comes from Satan. And we have to really understand the difference and how, uh, how God tests us and how Satan tempts us. Um, and the pattern is this, one leads towards life and the other leads towards death. John 10, verse 10, describes it very well, and it reads like this. Uh, you can read along with me. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Satan, his heart is to steal what God has given us and to kill humanity and to destroy it completely, right? This is what he has come to do. And the pattern of temptation that takes place in our lives leads towards this path that really destroys us from the inside out where we are fighting on our own, fighting with our limited resources. And when you fight with limited resources, you run out. And when you run out, how do you refill? How do you reload? How do you rejuvenate yourself, right? And what we have to understand is what is Satan doing and what is God doing? And through today's passage, I want to just kind of go into what is kind of the foundation of temptations that we do face as we face hardships, as we face, you know, even good times, because this is something that we don't really think about. Um, but as we get into the word here today, may we really see this taking place in our lives so that we know how to pray, so that we know how to engage our faith, not just keep it at Sunday, keep it at church, keep it on one day of the week, but really be empowered throughout the week, holding on to what God has given us. What Satan desires and what Satan was trying to do to Jesus here in today's passage was this. Satan was trying to cut off the word. Verses 3 and 4, it says this. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by, the, by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Satan, he's trying to cut the word of God out of our lives and he's doing this here today by making joke of God's word right hey Jesus you know you have power change that by your word you can change that stone into bread you're hungry right 40 days no eating Satan is so good at what he does he starts off by addressing some insecurities not that Jesus has uh, insecurities but look at the language that he uses he says, if you are the son of God, right? He doesn't recognize Jesus as the son of God. Um, and isn't that how Satan works in our lives? Like, are you really, you know, supposed to be here? Are you really worth anything? You know, are you, are you fill in the blank, right? And Satan is so good at that, addressing insecurities. If you are the son of God, right? 
And through that insecurity, he's trying to trick Jesus, right? If you are, then command these stones to become loaves of bread. Wow, right? He, he's so good. And we have to recognize this is how Satan fights. He fights dirty. But God, he has given us his word as a lie detector. It exposes the lies of Satan. And Jesus uses this very word of God to expose Satan. He says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. You see, the word of God is our source of grace, our source of strength. In any war that you see, what is the goal of the enemy? To cut off the supply chain. If the supply chain is cut off, then that city is doomed. They will starve to death. They will not have the resources to heal from wounds. And, you know, it's just a disgusting and horrible part of war that starts to take place. Satan knows what our source of strength is. He knows how we are created. We're created in the image of God. And our source of strength, our source of grace comes from God and God alone. It's a source that is unlimited, a source that can't be just made to disappear, but something that continues all the way into eternity. If we don't know the source of grace that comes from God's word, then it is easy for Satan just to cut off the word, cut off the supply chain, where it's just us and our insecurities. It's just us and our limited source of love, limited source of energy, right? It's just our little tank. And once that tank is empty, what happens? We just burn out. We just kind of fall over. Satan knows this. So he's like, you know, change that, change that stone into bread, Jesus. But Jesus knew what was important, the word of God. That it is not by bread alone that we live, but by the word of God. Second point here today, Satan cuts off relationship with God. What does he do? Um, he places distrust or unbelief even, right? Verse 5 through 7, Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the son of God, once again, kind of addressing that, trying to make him feel insecure, but not that Jesus is insecure, but the, question, the, the phrasing of this sentence is very interesting. Then he says, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. So we see these two things. Again, insecurity plus impatience, right? Jesus if you are really the son of God, like you got to speed this up. What's the best way to do it? Make a scene. Jump off from the highest point of the temple. Jump. And the angels of God will prevent you from getting hurt, from strike, letting your heel strike the floor. Imagine you saw something like that. You're like, whoa, that's crazy. And Jesus says, no, right? 
he says, again it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. You see, this is this trust in this way where God, the Father, has a perfect time schedule, right? Perfect timing to what was going to take place, which ultimately would lead Jesus to the cross to bear our sins, to restore relationship with God. But Satan, he's trying to kind of mess it up. And what we have to understand is Satan, he wants this. He wants our relationship with God to be a very broken or a very superficial relationship. We become impatient. Like, hey, I'm, I thought I was supposed to get some answers. I, I've been praying more than I've been. Like, come on, Jesus, hurry it up. No? Okay, then forget you, right? And then there is no relationship in the first place, but then we continue thinking that we've tried, but we've never really put in the time or investment to building something that was genuine. There is no shortcuts to a healthy relationship, right? There are no shortcuts, you know? This is just a very broad, you know, general but truthful statement. There are no shortcuts to a healthy relationship. It takes time. It takes energy. It takes blood, right? sweat and tears. But it's going towards a direction. What is that? Complete trust. God the Father gave his word. God the Son fully trusts, completely trusts in the plan. He doesn't need to jump off any top of any pinnacle to make a scene. He was on schedule. But how did he know that? Because he had this relationship with the Father. Third point here today is Satan, he tries to cut off our true purpose. So many people today, they pursue the wrong purpose. What does Satan try to do to Jesus? He says, hey, Jesus, worship me. And then I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. Like, that's what the world is chasing after today. Hey, go for these opportunities. You'll, get, you'll make bank, right? Um, hey, if you do this, you will get a more prestigious title, more prestigious position. The things that people fight over today mean very little because once people get there, their goal, their goal line keeps changing, keeps shifting. That's how the world works. You think you reach the top, and then the top keeps moving. But then once you reach the very top, you're alone. <laughs> very alone. To the point where you're miserable, <laughs> even though you're at the top. There have been countless prestigious lawyers. I know one lawyer that became a pastor because he reached the top but then was not happy. There's so many testimonies, so many even people that are not Christians that realize this truth that money isn't everything. When we have these wrong purposes for life, there's not much to live for it's just 
misery. <laughs> it's like, do I live my life just for misery's sake? But what we have to do is to restore our true purpose here on this earth. How does that happen? How can we restore this? It really starts with our worship, a worship that restores our very purpose, discovering our true purpose. This is so important because so many people only see their scars, only see their physical, in this world, background only. We are, a lot of us, children of immigrants or immigrants ourselves. And with that comes a certain mentality where we're like, ah, I won't be the same as a homegrown, multiple generation US citizen, right? So I can't fill in the blank. <laughs> I can't this or that. I won't be able to impact this culture as much as fill in the blank race or fill in the blank type of person. We're, we're not looking for God's purpose for our lives, but rather being trapped by how much we have being trapped by our environment. And Satan's lies sound more appealing. Yes, those things can be true, right? Yes, we're immigrants. Yes, it feels or it not only feels, but we see evidence that, you know, some things may feel unfair or whatnot. But what we have to discover is a purpose that overcomes or that supersedes, that transcends those limitations. God, he sees the bigger picture. He sees your whole life. He sees history from history, eternity past to eternity future. When we align our lives with God's word, when we align our lives in worship, we start to discover why I'm here. To other people, it may seem small, or to other people, it may seem you have a big task ahead of you. Or maybe to yourself, it seems like this is impossible. It's only impossible because you think you have to do it on your own. And that's what Satan tries to do. Finding purpose on your own, and we get discouraged because why? We're limited, remember? We, we have so much to give and so much to offer and it might be disappointing to some people, and, but that's not what we're living for. That's the wrong purpose. We're not living for people. People's expectations keep changing. We will never make people happy. <laughs> Even our own parents too, you know, they, they mean the best. And they, you know, through their experience, know certain things are the best. But they're doing their best with what they know. But God knows what we truly need. And as we start to discover what God truly is calling us towards, he gives us the resources and grace that we need to accomplish our purpose. Do not let Satan take that away through circumstance. Do not let Satan take that away because of your environment. 
Satan was trying to change Jesus' purpose to being ruler of the world. And you're like, isn't that why he came? <laughs> kind of, but not in that way. He didn't come to become a tyrant, but he came to be the savior of the world. It's when Jesus is glorified that we too become glorified. It's when Jesus is raised up that we too find strength to rise up above circumstance and incidents and situations. So in conclusion, here we go. We need to examine our life, right? Really see, am I living, thinking about that question, is this what God desires or is this what Satan desires, right? That sobering question. And in doing so, discovering who Jesus actually is, not just some God on Sunday, but a God that is with me throughout the week. James uh, 4.7 talks about this. Resist the devil with God's grace. Let's uh, read that together. It says this. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. He only flees because God is with you. So submit yourself to God. Going back. So how do we resist the devil? By doing what we've talked about throughout this message, to restore the word, restore true relationship with God, and to restore true worship so that we can discover our true purpose. And I want to end with this verse here today. There is hope and a plan in Christ. Romans 5, 3 through 5. I'll have it up on the screen as well. It says this, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. Amen. This is such a um, beautiful verse. This is what, like one of my favorite verses or passages, because it really puts into perspective our sufferings, puts into perspective God's greater plan compared to my expectations. Um, sometimes what God shows us might not be according to our expectation, and it might actually just kind of suck. <laughs> but that's when we only see it through the lens of our limitations, our, our, our weaknesses, our insecurities. But when we see it through the lens of the gospel, he changes what is broken into something that is beautiful. And it's not just for the sake of suffering, for suffering's sake, but it's through the suffering, being able to see God's plan. And it produces a hope that can't be taken away. And it's not like, I hope I get a good grade type of hope, or it's like a probability. This is an assured hope, like 100% is going to happen. So as we uh, go back to the main slide here, there is hope and a plan. And this is what we need to discover as we continue to grow in Christ. So as you face temptations in this life, don't do it alone. 
recognize how Satan is attacking. Yes, we talked about Satan a lot, and some people, they say like, oh, you know, I don't know any pastors personally, <laughs> but there are some pastors that may say, hey, if you talk about Satan, then you empower Satan more. I think that's ridiculous, but we need to understand how Satan attacks so that we know how to pray. And so that we know how to actually enjoy our identity as a child of God. If we don't know the enemy, then we just get beaten up without knowing why. And then we just assume God hates me <laughs> or God is punishing me. And that, not, that may not be true at all. And usually it isn't true at all. Because there's a plan, there is something that God wants you to see because he loves you, not because he hates you. This is the blessing of a child of God. And as we enjoy that identity as a child of God, we need real answers. Our church needs to be a church filled with real answers, not just, uh, you know, corny sayings or <laughs> run-of-the-mill Christian, like, quotes. We need real answers for real problems because the world is really hurting. Falling to these tricks of Satan. And we need to really break out of it. And we really need to help others to break out of it. So as we hold on to today's message, uh, let's really see uh, God's greater plan through our lives take place as we break out of the temptations that we face and even uh, graduating <laughs> right through the different tests that we do receive from God, knowing that he does it out of love. He does this so that we can see something that we couldn't see before, so that we can receive even greater answers.